Hello and welcome to the Flying Frisbee podcast with me, Dominic Frisbee. Welcome to uh, the many new subscribers that have joined this publication very recently. Uh, we are a Substack bestseller, no less. And today's piece is called How to Lose Weight. And it is your Sunday morning thought piece. Over the last year or so, I've lost over two stone. 14 kilos or 30 pounds to be precise. And I say over the last year, the truth is I've been trying unsuccessfully to lose weight for three years. In fact, since practically forever. Given that most of us want to be somewhat lighter than we are, I thought I'd share my experiences with you today. They may be of some use, but I'll spare you the before and after photos. So, Here's some background. I do quite a lot of exercise. I always have. I run, I play football, I used to walk the dog uh, before he passed on. Um, but I always seem to be five or six kilos, about a stone heavier than is ideal. I don't really like going to the gym. I have a sweet tooth, but not as bad as some. Um, so I expect the fact that I'm heavier than I'd like is mainly because I drink too much alcohol. I like beer and I like wine. I'm not so much of a spirit man. And I also have a tendency to eat and drink late at night, particularly coming home after gigs. So I suspect it was a combination of eating too late at night and booze, which left me in that permanent state of being slightly heavier than I'd like. I've tried all sorts of diets in the past. I lost loads of weight on the Atkins diet back in the early 2000s. That's basically a low-carb, high-protein diet. But I also felt fatigued, weak, and as soon as I stopped, I put all the weight back on again and more. I also lost loads of weight on the 5-2 diet in the 2010s. Again, as soon as I stopped fasting, I put it all back on again. I would also piss off my partner on fasting days by not participating in the communal activity that is eating. And after seeing fat, sick and nearly dead five or six years ago, I did the juice diet and I lost weight more quickly than with any other diet I've ever done. You can lose as much as a kilo, two pounds a day. It's very hard to sustain though and your quick kitchen quickly gets swamped with juiced vegetable remains. And again, a few months after stopping, I was back where I was weight-wise and some. Between 2020 and 2021, I took up the 16-8 diet, which is when you fast 16 hours a day and eat only in eight-hour windows. So I'd have my first meal at lunchtime, 12 or 1 o'clock, and then try not to eat anything after about 8 or 9. However, this is hard when you're doing gigs, and I often found myself uh, breaking the rules. Um, I lost a couple of kilos, then I plateaued, and it meant, though that I got into the fasting state every day and I got used to that feeling of being hungry. It became normal. And then I actually started putting on weight. And I think it's because my body got used to fasting. So it did all the things it did, conserve energy and calories. And then I'd consume too many calories in the evening, close to bedtime. And so in this state of efficiency in fasting, the body conserved more calories than it otherwise would have. And I ended up putting on weight. In September 2021... I went the wrong side of 90 kilos, that's over 14 stone, roughly 200 pounds, which is too much for a man of my 5 foot 9 frame. A change of strategy was needed, 16-8 wasn't working, but I was convinced of the efficacy of fasting, so I went back to 5-2. And within a couple of weeks I'd shed 3 or 4 kilos, half a stone, but then I plateaued again for months. 
There was still probably too much of the eating and drinking in the mid to late evenings, especially after gigs, going on on non-fasting days. Um, I was presenting headliners on GB News at the time and I would get home at 1am, not want to go to bed and often then crack open a bottle of red wine. So to avoid doing this, I took up fasting on the days I was presenting headliners. On fasting days, it's best to go to bed early and presenting a TV show at 11pm having not eaten all day meant I was almost falling asleep by the end of it. Not ideal. Anyway, I left the show in March or April and it was after that that the big weight loss suddenly accelerated. In my new, less employed state, I had a bit more time on my hands and I took up playing tennis two or three times a week with a chap I met on Facebook. I had fewer late-night gigs, so less late-night calorie consumption. I then got involved in a swimming challenge, so I started training for that and I also continued playing football once a week. And it was the combination of increased activity and fasting on the same day that made the weight fall off me. I got caught in this virtuous loop. And as I started to feel fitter on my way to tennis, I'd cycle up a really steep nearby hill four or five times and get in some hits, some high-intensity training. On non-fasting days, I now found myself consuming less anyway. I'd skip meals, especially breakfast, and I found myself doing a mild version of the 16-8 as well. England cycling coach Philip Brailsford used to talk about the aggregation of marginal gains. And so it is with dieting. There are lots of small things you can do, but it's when you put them all together that the big changes occur. And the same thing happens in reverse, by the way. So here in bullet points is the Dominic Frisbee diet. Number one, indoctrinate yourself. I would say this is almost the most important part. Find a diet that works for you. A lot of people swear by protein diets, for example. I find them too hard to practically sustain. I like fasting. It works. It's proven to work. It's simple. You're either on or you're off. But whatever diet you choose, you need to indoctrinate yourself. Read books, read blogs, watch videos, listen to podcasts, talk on chat boards. Totally brainwash yourself about the efficacy of the diet. You have to believe in it in order to carry it out. And by the way, 5-2 works. I'm sure that's why many people on diets witter on about them so much, by the way. They've indoctrinated themselves. You have to. Turn it into a religion. 5-2 works really well, by the way, if I didn't already mention that. Two days a week, you consume no more than 500 calories, 600 if you're a man. The rest of the time, you do what you like. Two, habits, habits, habits. Fasting is hard at first, but once you turn it into a habit, you barely notice it. But certain things help. Drink plenty of liquid. It's amazing how often when you think you're hungry, you're actually just thirsty. Fill up on water. Hot drinks are especially filling. Tea, herbal tea, coffee, broth. Soups are a good food to eat on fasting days. Cider vinegar is a good appetite suppressant. Stick a dessert spoonful in a glass of water when you drink a glass of water in the morning and you won't be hungry till lunchtime. Coconut oil does a similar trick. Stick a teaspoonful in some hot water or herbal tea. Take lots of exercise, especially on fasting days. Turn all of these into habits so they don't require effort. You just do them. Three, commit to sport. Exercise is easy to avoid if you do it by yourself. 
But if, for example, you have a regular tennis partner or a football team, then suddenly you have an obligation to go and play, even if you don't feel like it and it's cold outside. Commit to some kind of sporting challenge that you have to train for, a cycling challenge, climbing a mountain, swimming a lake, doing a marathon. Create obligations for yourself. Then you'll have to take exercise even when you don't fancy it. Try and cheat in incidental exercise wherever possible. Walk instead of driving or getting the bus. Cycle to work. Cycle to meetings if you can. Cycling is a really good sport, particularly for the over 50s. You burn loads of calories because you're using your legs and your legs are the biggest muscle group. But you don't suffer the joint pain that comes with running. Take up cycling and get into cycling up hills. You'll be amazed at how good cycling up hills can make you feel. Running is great for weight loss too. And at the end of your run, do four 30-second sprints, ideally up a hill. Running is good. High-intensity training hit is even better. Swimming is good. You don't burn that many calories, but it's great for building muscle and you feel fab afterwards. I find it hard to run two days in a row, but you can run one day and swim the next quite easily. I bought some scales and a fitness watch and I'm forever looking at my stats. They're good because they keep reminding you to improve. The best time to weigh yourself is first thing in the morning uh, after you wake up. That's the only way to get a consistent measure. But even then, it's amazing how much your weight fluctuates. Four, avoid stuff that's bad for you. And there are two big evils here, booze and especially seed oils. Now drinking makes you put on weight. Never mind the many calories in wine and beer, it's the poor decisions that follow which usually involve food and more booze. But not drinking is hard. Alcohol is addictive. Read Kick the Drink Easily by Jason Vale if you want to give up booze altogether. And much as I love beer and wine, alcohol is bad for you and the less you drink the better. The beauty of 5-2 is that it stops you drinking at least on fasting days. I've recently been persuaded by the anti-seed oil arguments. Why is it people are so much fatter today than we were in the 60s or the 70s? What has been the big change in our diets? I don't believe we're that much greedier than we were 40 or 50 years ago. There must be another explanation. And the answer lies in food processing, especially seed oils. Rapeseed oil, canola oil, palm oil, sunflower oil, corn oil, vegetable oil, margarine. You can drive cars on those things and the body cannot break them down. The big change in our diet is not sugar or carbohydrate. It is these refined fats. They're very difficult to avoid altogether because they are in everything. And the food industry and those who regulate it have a lot to answer for. Cut down on seed oils as much as you can. Fried fast food, fish and chips, McDonald's, KFC is killer. And a lot of that heavily processed vegan plant food is bad too. Cook for yourself. Don't eat prepared stuff. It's full of those refined oils and cook with ingredients in as natural state as possible. Meat, fish and veg cooked in butter and olive oil. Generally speaking, up the protein intake and avoid carbs. One more thing on food, nuts. I used to eat lots of nuts and raisins. I loved them and I thought they were good for you. But I saw a video somewhere with a dude who was arguing that bears eat loads of nuts when they're trying to fatten up for the winter. Winter, Ergo, nuts are very fattening. So I cut nuts out and that was around the time that my weight loss suddenly accelerated. It might have been coincidence, but I thought I should mention it. 
So there we go. Dietary advice from someone who has no qualifications whatsoever, save having lived it. The more of those things you do and turn into habits so that they require little willpower, the more the rules of compounding and incremental gains work in your favour. It's hard, but when you're sufficiently indoctrinated and the habits are entrenched, it all suddenly gets easy. Good luck. Now comes the hard bit, keeping the weight off. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'll save you the uh, the pain of seeing a before and after photo of me. I won't put one of those up. Thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe to the to my Substack uh, either via this podcast or via the uh, Substack itself, and I'll be back with another uh, article podcast thingy very soon. Um, if, by the way, you happen to be in the West End or in Camden on December the 16th, I'm doing a Christmas knees up with Comedy Unleashed and the band. Please come along to that. But in any case, uh, apart from that, goodbye. Have a nice day. <laughs>